You know, I want to talk about how to deal with change because the advent of COVID-19 has brought permanent change to our world. And it has forced us as citizens of the world to do things in a different way. I recently came across an article of an Italian priest's online sermon. And when he did this sermon, things went hilariously wrong because he left his face filters on. This is how the article reads, and I'll read it for you. The incident happened with Paolo Longo, a parish priest of the Church of San Pietro and San Benedetto Pilpola in Sarneno province. While the entire world is adapting to new ways of life under quarantine, the efforts of an Italian priest in lockdown to preach whilst also practicing social distance brought some unwitting joy on social media this week. The current lockdown in Italy has restricted the movement of people and shut down the schools, colleges, churches, and restaurants. In such a situation, an Italian priest decided to live stream his teaching in a Facebook Live. He decided to do the service online in order to help all who can't come to church during the coronavirus outbreak. However, it went completely wrong and viral after the religious preacher left the AR filters on, making him appear in various disguises. In the clip, the priest can be seen lifting weights or dressed up in fancy caps and flowers all around. If you think this might have hurt this, his sentiment, you are certainly wrong. The priest later posted in his writing, he said, even laughing is good in times like this. You know, times like this bring a lot of change and change in the way we behave, in how we feel. Since the lockdown on Wednesday, I'm, I'm wondering how you have felt things that have happened in our homes. I want to read Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23 from the NIV Bible. It reads as follows. For these commands are a lamp. This teaching is a light. And the correction of discipline are the way of life. You know the book of Proverbs is a very interesting book written by a father to his son telling the child about the principles of life, many of which we embrace truths that are biblical and that really build our lives up. And one of the things he says to the Sunday in verse 3 is that correction and discipline are a way of life. We do know that correction and discipline is meant to bring change to somebody's life. And what the father is really saying to the son is that change is a way of life. In other words, wherever there's life, there will be constant change. You know, growing up as a child and you look at children, as children grow, their physique changes. I remember as a young boy, you know, we'd play around in the street playing marbles or, or you know, using bricks as cars. And, and I know the Bonfries may not appreciate that or understand, but, you know, in our time, we'd just take a brick and use it as a bus or a car and drive it around the dusty streets. And we'd always have to be bending down, you know. And, and I remember 
when I got to a certain age, as you went through some of those activities, you would suddenly feel a gust of air blowing on your backside, you know, because your, your pants were torn. And, you know, it would be always be very embarrassing to go through that. Because, you know, as we grew up, our pants became smaller and you tried to fit in them, trying to force yourself in those pants. But, you know, because you're growing, because change is happening, you couldn't fit in the same type of clothes. And this is what happens when change comes. Even things that we were used to, we can't fit in them. What about the different changes in nature when you see birds migrating, fish in the sea migrating? We see vegetation changing. Right now, we're going towards autumn. You can see the vegetation is all becoming very dull and we don't have as much rain. And isn't it glad that as well with you, you also change? All of us, we change. When you, when you look into the mirror, you realize you don't look like you did yesterday. And, and of course, every day we also have to change. You know, we have to change our clothes. Hope you did change your clothes today. You know, we have to change our clothes because change is a way of life. In life, we're always learning, unlearning. In life, we are either coming in or going out. In life, people get born, some pass on. In life, we are entering, we are living. In life, we are charging, recharging. It's all about the reality of life. Having said that, change can be very, very difficult. Because when it comes our way, it demands of us to start adjusting certain things. You know, since the lockdown, we've been told to limit our movement and not move around. And there are guidelines to that. And I really would like to appeal to us to, to obey that. Because unfortunately, you see in some places, people are really not listening to what the instruction that has been given. These instructions are very important for us because we need to bring down this virus. We need to make sure it's under control. Let me read you some of the stats. Three Sundays ago, on the 15th of March, when we did this awareness campaign, most of us were in churches because the lockdown hadn't happened yet. And the restrictions of 100 hadn't happened yet. At that time, on the 15th of, on the 15th of March, we only had 38 people who were said to have been confirmed cases of the coronavirus. Following Sunday, 21st of March last week, when we had the restriction of only 100 people that could meet, it was 240 people. Now, with the lockdown, the numbers have gone up, not because of the lockdown, but it explains to you the reason for the lockdown. As of midnight, the number stood at 1,187. These are the numbers that come from the NICD. Certainly this must say, we've got to find a way to bring change. We can't go on as normal. Even when instructions are given, we need to find a way to listen to those instructions so that we can be able to bring this down. Change can be very difficult. You know, whether it's changing a habit, changing an attitude, moving cities, change always is a challenge. Change is even more difficult when it's imposed on us suddenly or even without our approval. For instance, when you go to the doctor and the doctor said you have certain ailments, you have to stop eating too much sugar, you must not put in too much salt, 
What about changes that get imposed on us when you suddenly lose a marriage, you go through a divorce, and there's always an element of pain that goes with change. So even if change is that way, sometimes change is good, you know, because sometimes change could be you have to move to another city because you got a new job, leaving friends, familiar places, leaving things that you are used to, and all of that. And so it's important for us to know how to embrace change. In Luke chapter 7, Jesus addresses his generation about change. Because when Jesus came and preached, one of the major problems that the generation had at that time is to embrace the teachings of Jesus because Jesus seemed to be so unconventional in his approach, in the way he prayed, in the way he related with people. He didn't do what was done, the norm of that day in the religious society. And even his predecessor, John the Baptist, when he came and started preaching, he was so unconventional. He preached from the desert. His dress code was quite strange. He wore skins. His diet was strange. He, he ate wild locusts, uh, ate honey. And so it was quite unusual, and people just didn't know how to deal with him. And so Jesus, in addressing the people of his time, and I want to read from Luke 7, just listen to what he says when we read from verse 31. He says, what comparison am I to make of the men of this generation? What are they like? Verse 32, he says they are like children who are seated in the marketplace, crying out to one another and saying, we have made music for you, but you didn't take part in the dance. We gave cries of sorrow, but you were not sad. For John the Baptist came, taking no food or drink, and you say he has an evil spirit. The son of man came, feasting, and you say he has a lover of food and wine, a friend of tax farmers and sinners. And so for this reason, because Jesus seemed to be so unconventional, the people of his time didn't receive him. What Jesus is saying in essence to the people of the time is that, I don't understand you. You seem not to respond appropriately when change comes. It looks like you want to hold on to things of the past and not embrace change. When John the Baptist came, you found fault in what he did. You said he is this the way and the other way. When I came, you also found fault. And so the people of that time had a real problem in embracing change. And we must accept. It's very difficult for us to accept change. It's natural for us as people to avoid change or to avoid going through that painful process of having to change. Researchers tell us that we all respond differently to change and they have almost categorized humanity into five categories. They said about 2.5% of people when they are approached with change they embrace change readily. They join in what is new. And these are people, people are called innovators. It is these people who don't mind doing what is new and they readily embrace change. But then there's another group. These ones only join in change when they receive benefit. Research says there's 13.5% of these people and they are called early adopters. 
And then we have a group that's a fairly large group, 34% who are called the early majority. These are people uh, who join when there is productivity to gain, when they, they know there's something to gain, only then do they embrace change. But then we have on the other side of the curve, another 34%. These ones are called the late majority. These are the ones who join when there is plenty of help and plenty of support. Only then do they join. When they see that it's working and they know they can be helped, only then do they join. But then, unfortunately, we have the 16% who are called the laggards. And these ones join when they have to. You know, when the situation forces them, they join in. I don't know which group do you belong to, but all of us, we find it very difficult to adapt to change because when, when change comes our way, it provokes certain responses to us. It, it brings us to a certain place in our life wherein we don't want to go. Now, what are the things that we can do at this time to embrace this lockdown? You know, because here we are, we have all these days to be together, to be in our homes, to be confined in a space, wherever you are. What are some of the things that we can learn that in this lockdown period, we can use this time of change in a wise way? I want to make a few suggestions to you. Number one, keeping of routines, how crucial it is. The second thing I want to suggest is finding creative ways to keep yourself busy, and if you have children, to keep your children busy. Third one, using the extra time to teach life skills, teach lessons, or teach profound truths about God, about nature. Number four, we need to learn to take care of our health, take care of ourselves. Number five, guarding our minds. Number six, re-examining our value systems. And number seven, keeping our relationship with God vibrant. Let's go through that. What about the keeping of routines? We all need to have some form of routine. Definitely during this lockdown, we cannot stay up all hours of the night or sleep all the way throughout the day because we don't have anywhere to go. Remember, life still happens. Even if it's within just the four walls of your home, wherever you are confined, life still happens. There's still schoolwork. There's still housework. There is still spiritual work to do. I'll talk more about the spiritual work later. But we can get to a point where we develop some routines. Even if you may be under lockdown, you can have a structured way in which you can spend your day. The point is this. In the midst of new norms and in the midst of great uncertainty, that we should try our level best to have a stable routine at home. Well, it doesn't have to be that strict, but it should be a routine of some sort. Instead of just waking up and just, just not knowing what to do with yourself, find a way to have some form of routine. The second thing that we can do, we can find creative ways of doing things. You know, even if children may have the privilege of uh, being on YouTube, on, on the Xbox and and using all those devices, after a while they get tired of it, you know? And you can only do so much. And it must be a challenge, keeping children who have so much energy locked down in a house and within walls or they can't go somewhere. 
But we can have some time as family where we could maybe have protective measures of the time that children spend on technology. That we as a family, we can go to the old-fashioned ways of telling stories or, or talking together. You know, our busy lives have robbed us of the privilege of sitting together and just chatting and talking and telling stories and, and looking into one another's eyes. And we can do that. The last thing we need in these times of lockdown is to relegate our children to being couch potatoes or us being couch potatoes or even passive consumers. We need to find a way to have some form of physical activity, even if it's just within our homes, with all the provisions that are there, the social distancing that we do, and all that's required of us in taking preventative measures, we can still be an active people. The third thing that we can do, we can have more time to teach life lessons to our children. You know, it has not been in many generations that there's been moments like this. We do know from history there have been many pandemics and epidemics that have fallen the world over, wherein in the world people died in large numbers, and we only had that as stories that happened at the time. And now that we are at this time where we are having this pandemic, this forces us very much to ask ourselves the lessons that we are learning. See, we have fewer distractions now, and we can be together, and we can reflect on these moments. We can talk together. This lockdown is motivating us as families to have these conversations, to work at being a family again. You know, our busy lives rob us of that privilege. We sometimes talk past one another. We relate past one another. But now we can spend that time with each other. We can also spend more time in reflecting on the needs of others, praying for them, people who might be all alone in their homes, elderly people who are all alone, some of them. What about families that need a lot of help? We can take time even to read, I want to suggest. Together as a family, you can read Psalms 27, Psalms 24, Psalms 29, Psalms 46. These are great passages that you can use as a family in moments of reflection where we can together, you know, reflect together and come to that time like this. So you can engage with your family every day. You can engage, even if it's long distance, with your church family, praying with them over the phone, praying over them, bringing them before God. The fourth thing we need to do is we need to continually take care of our health. Please make sure that you practice all those health measures, washing your hands, making sure you take all the precautions as has been announced. We need to do that. It's quite interesting to see before the lockdown how many of the pharmacies and some of the shops ran out of some of these uh, ingredients that we use to be able to sanitize ourselves. It kind of brings a question as to whether were we that aware of taking hygienic measures. We can start doing that and taking those precautions and going back to those practices of good hygiene and, and taking care of ourselves. Number five, and very important, in this time we need to learn as well to guard our minds and guard our time. 
it can be so easy for those who have access to social media to visit sites that are not preferable, sites that can bring news that are not okay, sites that can lead you to wrong things. You can find yourself throughout the day being on these sites. It takes discipline for us to be focused and to know what we really need and rather make sure we don't fill our minds and use our time in things that are not going to benefit us. We can make sure we plant the right seeds and we use time in a wise way to be able to learn, to grow. You can take on a new course. There's a many things that are online that you can use to learn in this time so that you can grow yourself. Number six, this gives us time as well to re-examine our values. This brings to mind the story of the rich young ruler in Matthew chapter 19, when you read from verse 16. This young man, the Bible tells us, came to Jesus and asked Jesus an important question. He said to Jesus, what can I do to inherit eternal life? Remember, he is the one who came to Jesus and asked Jesus this question. And Jesus answered him, he said, look, do what the law says, you know, worship God, obey God, and love God with your heart, your mind, your soul, love your neighbor as yourself. This man said, no, I've done all these things, you know, I've done all these things, but is there more? And Jesus, fully aware of how this young man, in spite of having done all the things he said he was going to do, he got to a point where his value system was totally out of balance. He got to that point where, for some reason, he had started placing more value on the wealth he had, the money he had. He started having a relationship with that money and not having God at the center of his life. And so Jesus then said to the young man, well, in that case, young man, go sell all you have and give to the poor. And the Bible tells us that this young man, when he left Jesus, he was all angry. He was very disappointed. From the self-righteousness that he had of obeying the law, doing all that was there, this young man didn't realize that his values were totally out of order. And so it's very important for us to learn to re-examine our values. As I've said, the value of family, the value of self-introspection, the value of our time with God, the value of our spirituality. These are things that we need to re-examine. I think this time forces us to swallow our pride and re-examine ourselves. And this time brings us to that place where we must rethink how we have been doing life. Jesus was talking to this young man and he said to this young man, you need to re-examine your values. These are the same things that Jesus had said before to people like James and John, Peter and Matthew. Jesus will always challenge us to examine our values when it comes to our beliefs, when it comes to what we place priority on. I believe this man, had he responded to Jesus, could have been one of the apostles. Because when you read the invitation that Jesus came to, gave to him, it was as though Jesus is inviting this young man to be one of the apostles. However, because his values were totally out of sync, 
he lost on that opportunity. Maybe we would be reading about this young man of the Gospels that he wrote or the great works that we did. Maybe we could be talking about the miracles he did, the, the churches he planted. But instead, he always went back. He always focused on sticking to what he was doing and not allowing himself to change in his life. And the seventh thing that I said I will revisit. During this time, it gives us an opportunity to relook at our relationship with God. See, God always calls us to that secret place, to a place of quietness, a place where there's no noise, a place of aloneness, a place of lockdown. God calls us to that place where we can commune with him. This is a time when you can learn to develop that relationship with God on a personal level. You know, sometimes we pray because we pray with a group of people or we pray because we are a church or we pray because we have a prayer partner. Wow, this is a, a good time and a good privilege for us to cultivate a new practice to learn to pray by ourselves. If you already have that discipline, you can reinforce that discipline where we go to the secret place. God always calls people to a secret place, to a time alone that they can spend with God. And you can spend that time, you can cultivate that time where you can wake up early in the morning. As a matter of fact, as of tomorrow, in the morning, from five in the morning, through Facebook, you can join us on our Facebook page, Grace Bible Church International, where we're gonna go into a time of prayer, Monday through to Friday, 5 a.m., probably until 5.30 or 6.30. We can start developing that habit of praying. Praying not only for ourselves, but praying against this pandemic, praying against this COVID-19, praying that God will give the doctors the wisdom and the knowledge to come up with a vaccine as soon as possible. You can start developing that habit of waking up early in the morning. Now, why do people resist change? Why do we resist change? Number one, disobedience and stubbornness. And you know, sometimes as people, we need to be honest that we can be so disobedient and so stubborn. It's quite sad that uh, in spite of the lockdown that has been pronounced by our president, there are those who have chosen to still not obey. And sometimes as a people, we can have rebellious hearts. You know, when we have a rebellious heart, it can in so many ways prevent what God wants to do in our lives. Think about this. If we do take stringent measures like we have been advised, then this disease can be brought under control and it can be properly dealt with because we are aware that our medical facilities are quite limited in dealing with this on a very, very large scale. If only we can all just listen and do what is right. But you know, sometimes we can be disobedient. The second reason we resist change is the unsettling feeling of stepping into the unknown. You know, now we have to start doing things that we haven't done before, you know, things that we were not used to. Some, we may not have been used to being at home the whole day, you know, <laughs> or some we may not have been used to uh, uh, being together the whole day as a family. You know, we may not be used to being confined to a certain space. But, you know, it's always that unsettling feeling of doing something new. And so we resist change. But sometimes we resist change because we are inflexible. You know, tradition and 
inflexibility comes away. And, uh, you know, even with seasons, when seasons change, when a season has changed, it demands of you to cooperate with that season. Because when the season has changed, if you do not cooperate with the season, then things are going to happen in your life that you're not going to be happy with. You know, the winter season is just around the corner. And it's going to be a time for us to cover up, wear extra clothing, make sure that we don't expose ourselves to the elements. But you know, if I say, oh, no, there's no way. I don't want to wear a jacket. I don't want to wear a vest. I'm just going to go out there because I don't want to cooperate. Then you come down with the flu, which is not necessary. And so sometimes we resist change because we are an inflexible people. Now, let me suggest the following things. How then do we embrace change? The first thing, the best way to embrace change is to understand why you cannot stay where you are. By that I mean, why can we not make the adjustments that are necessary? We have to make those adjustments to be able to bring this virus under control. We have to make those adjustments for us to be able to get to that point where things are brought under control. Because if we don't, we might not be able to go back to normalcy. At the rate at which the numbers are increasing, it should be of great concern. So we need to be able to embrace change because we can't go on as normal. When we read in Nehemiah chapter 2, Verse 17, Nehemiah challenges the people of his time about the agency of them building up the wall that they had left half constructed. And he comes back to them and he says, much as you had abandoned this project for many years, much as you may be feeling dispirited, discouraged, it's critical for us to go back to the project. This is what he says in Nehemiah 2.17. He says, when I got back, I said to them, Jerusalem is truly a mess. The gates have been torn down and burned, and everything is in ruins. We must rebuild the city wall so that we can again take pride in our city. You can hear the words that Nehemiah is using. We must do it. We must obey the lockdown. We must take preventative measures. We must learn new ways of doing things. We've got to do this because we cannot just stay here. And so our role, therefore, is to learn to move from where you are, to move from where we are figuratively, and move towards the goal that we want. The second thing that we can do that will help us to embrace change is to accept that wherever there is life, there will always be constant change. Life will always throw change at us. As long as we're alive in this world, there'll always be change. Living beings bring about change. Only dead things are static. If you take something that's dead and put it here, you know, it can be a brick, it can be a wheelbarrow that you place somewhere. If you come back after 10 years, you'll find it in the same place. Because something that's dead has no life, it won't move on its own. It needs somebody else to move it. And so we need to understand wherever there's life, there'll always be change. For as long as we are in this world, change will always come our way. And it is for us to be able to embrace change. The third thing, the third way to embrace change is we must have the courage to do what is new and to step out of what we are familiar with. You know, to change takes a lot of courage. To do something that you haven't done before 
takes a lot of courage. Like I said before, in this time, some of you can learn to enroll for a new course. You know, you can say in these days that I have, it was 21 days, you know, the familiar saying, it takes 21 days to cultivate a new habit. You can have the courage to cultivate a new habit, to learn something that you haven't learned before. You can have the courage to do what is new. For some, what is new could be being with your family. What is new could be taking time to pray. What is new, it could be taking extra caution in health preventative measures. There are many things that could be new. Whatever is new in your life, embrace it as it comes. Have the courage to embrace what is new because when you embrace what is new, only then does change happen. In Psalm 78 verse 41, we read a very interesting verse about the children of Israel, how God guided them from Egypt to try and bring them into the promised land. You are aware as they went about their way, there are many changes that happened. God took them from one place to the other, gave them different commandments, gave them different instructions. But you know, Psalm 78 verse 41 tells us why there are those who were not able to even reach the promised land. It simply says that they tempted God and they limited the Holy One of Israel. When God was trying to instruct them to do something that's different, in order for change to happen, they limited God. You know, sometimes we can limit the things that God wants to bring to our lives. We can limit the new things that God wants to teach us. We can limit the new levels where God is trying to take us simply because we want to embrace change. And the fourth thing we can do is that in whatever you have changed, in whatever new habits you will have developed, learn to celebrate your new wins. At least celebrate that at least you were able to wake up early in the morning and pray by yourself. It may have been five minutes, 10 minutes. Learn to celebrate that. See, when you celebrate your new wins, it helps you to be able to move forward. When you celebrate the new achievement, it helps you to have the strength and the courage to embrace even other newer things that come your way. So learn to celebrate whatever small wins. Your small win could be, at least for the first time now, you've been able to sit as a family and have a chat. Maybe you were able for the first time to listen to certain things your children have been telling you. It could be that there's some new thing that you've learned in your life. Learn to celebrate that you have moved forward. The fifth thing is embrace change as a normal way of life. Because, you know, there are different kinds of change. There's crisis change. There's reactive change. There's anticipatory change. But life is full of changes. So whichever way the change has come, learn to embrace that change because God will be able to bring you to that place in your life where you can be able to embrace the change. I'm trusting that as you have listened to the message today, God has really spoken to your heart to be able to embrace the change. I'd like to pray with you right now. There could be things in your life that you'd love to change. There could be things in your life that you want to bring before God. Maybe your change could be you want to start having a new relationship with Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Maybe together as a family, as you sit there, now that you have turned your house into a place of worship and a place of prayer, 
Maybe together you just want to join as we pray. Maybe where you are, you want to be much closer to God. You know, this time you've reflected a lot. You've thought a lot about your life. One of the things that has happened to us because of this pandemic, we've come into that awareness of how mortal we are, how as human beings, we we don't have all the strength. We don't have all the power. Just one thing can happen and we realize how much we need God. Would you join with me right now as I pray with you and, and maybe you want to receive Christ. Will you join with me in this prayer? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I bring this, your child before you who wants to invite Christ into their life. I pray for them now as they receive him because you said to those who receive you, you give them the power to become your own children. Thank you that you come into their hearts and you become the savior and the Lord of their lives. I pray for families, Lord, that have come before you to say they want to embrace change. We pray for all other people who are going through difficulty where they are. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray that your strength and your power will come upon their lives. Lord, as we embrace change, we thank you that you'll help us, you'll strengthen us during this time to be able to move forward. We know in all changes, even if the world changes, you always remain the same. And so we will hold on to you as we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.